Now, come on, somebody shout like God's done something for you. Come on, all over. Amazing. What's going on? I'm Daniel Groves. How many of y'all have been in a service with me before? Wave at me. Amazing. How many guys have never seen me before? Come on, wave at me. Okay, very cool. I'm wearing my flower shirt. Scratch and sniff. <laughs> hey, I want to give a shout out also to our additional seating. Will you give them a huge hand right now? Additional seating and Arcadia and Cypress campuses. Will you give them a hand as well? What's up? And everybody joining us online. I already said it, but my name is Daniel Groves and I'm preaching, hanging out with you guys this weekend. Two of my dearest friends, my wife and I love them with all of our hearts. We're in covenant. Pastors Jeremy and Jennifer Foster. Pastor Jeremy called me and said, man, would you cover this weekend? And I'm telling you, I, it's always a privilege and honor to come here. This is like a second home. For those of you who don't know me, I'm like a weird cousin that shows up at family reunions. Uh, but we have a lot of fun. I've been coming for about three years. Actually, not for about. It's been over three years since the inception. Been coming back and forth. I mean, we absolutely love what God is doing here. I'm based out of Greenville, South Carolina. I'm on the teaching team, worship, one of the worship pastors for John Gray. They're at Relentless Church. And, uh, man, we're doing some amazing things there in Greenville. But before we jump into the word, do anything else, I believe in the foundation of honor. One of my fathers in the faith says, if honor's in you, it comes out of you. You can't fake honor. I want to honor two people that say yes to the call of God every single day of their lives. Your pastors, pastors Jeremy and Jennifer Foster. Will you give them a huge hand? Come on, Katie, Cypress, additional overflow. Come on. How many of you guys, by the show of hands, God has done something powerful in your life because of Hope City? And, and I take this, and some, yeah, absolutely. One lady in the back, she had two hands and a foot lifted. Like, here's the reality. We're all here today sitting in an air conditioning building. Thank God for that, right? Sitting in comfortable chairs, getting to hang out with everybody, making new relationships, iron sharpening iron. Because Pastor Jeremy and Jennifer said yes to the call, took on that spiritual mantle, and consistently say yes every single day. And I'm telling you, what God is doing at Hope City is not the norm. Look at the person next to you and say, don't get used to this. It's not the norm. Because I'm telling you what God is about to do and what he's about to break out over the next year, two years, three years, I'm seeing greater signs, greater wonders, and greater miracles. Thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm. I believe that what God is doing here is not the norm, but you guys are setting the bar all over the country for what a healthy, multicultural, multi-generational church looks like. Seriously, look around the room. This is what heaven looks like. I get uncomfortable when it's just all white people. Y'all can't clap on beat. I'm sorry. I just, no, listen, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're about to kick off. Actually, we're kicking it off today. 21 days of prayer. How many of you guys are excited about that? I'm going to be talking about prayer, connecting to God and faith today. But before I do, I also want to make you uh, aware of something that's pretty amazing. It's a free tool for you. You can download it or you can pick it up today. It is our pray first prayer guide. It's going to walk you through the next 21 days of connecting to God and how to do it in a deeper way. It's going to be an amazing, amazing moment. Also, I want to make mention you version, the Bible app folks, they created an amazing app called echo say echo, echo, echo. They created this echo app. It's free and it's pretty incredible. You uh, put all of your prayer requests in it. So praying for my mom's surgery, uh, that job, that promotion, and you, you load it up with all your prayer requests over the next 21 days, and then it'll shoot you a text reminder. If you have an iWatch, it'll pop up. If, you're, if you have a droid, I apologize for that. We're having an altar call at the end for... No, but it'll remind you all throughout the next 21 days, pray for this. And you'll say, God, I just thank you because the Bible talks about us 
praying consistently and continually. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more. I also want to throw up a quick pic of my family, my wife, my three babies. Yeah, they say, oh, I'm married way out of my league. Everybody say hi to Jackie. She's actually watching online. And uh, let's pray. And then we're going to jump in. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. God, let every single one of us unanimously agree today when we leave that you were in the room. God, we never want to play church. We never want to do this out of flippancy or complacency. This is not karaoke Sunday. We came because we gathered in your name. You said in your word in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, that if just two or three of us gather in your name, you would be in the midst of us. So we're thankful today that you are here with us in Jesus' name. Everybody said it. Amen. Pastor Jeremy said this a couple days ago on his Instagram story. He said, prayer should always be our first response rather than our last resort. Instead of being something we do every day, like breathing, eating, walking, and talking, prayer has almost ended up a glass box locked on a wall that says break in case of emergency. Even the world associates prayer with a crisis. where We're at the end of our rope, and the only thing we can say is help. I think this video, actually, a lot of us can connect with. You want to try wasabi? No. Do you want to try it? No. Okay. Wasabi. Do you want to try it? Smell it. Smell it first. Help. <laughs> Yo, that video blessed my whole life. I watched it a couple days ago. I'm like, I'm going to somehow get that into my message. Help. Listen, your prayer life will begin to prioritize your life. I love that moment because she's in this place where she's just calling out help. And you know, so many times we associate prayer. We associate what we're walking through. I said this a moment ago, but with a crisis or a storm, the Bible says this in Colossians chapter four, verse two, it says, devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. I read a statistic the other day that shocked me. This should shock you. This shouldn't be like, well, that's pretty conservative. No, this is a terrible stat. They said across Americanized Christianity, across America, that the average Christian prays 21 minutes a month. 21 minutes a month. And that includes for your food. That includes bedtime. 21, if you break that down over 30 days, 21 minutes a month. When God is longing for connection, he's longing for an intimate relationship with you. He created you to be in fellowship with him. And we're praying 21 minutes a month. I don't believe that stat fits Hope City. Come on. I don't believe that stat is true at our Katy campus or our Cypress campus or right here. I believe that we're going to break that statistic apart over the next 21 days. How many are going to take the next 21 days serious? In the presence of God, I heard the Lord begin to stir in me two days ago and I couldn't shake it. I felt the Lord say, tell him that over the next 21 days, if you'll take this serious, your life will become marked by miracles. I felt that so strong in me that a marriage that seemed like it was falling apart, marked by a miracle. That that diagnosis that seemed hopeless, marked by a miracle. That financial crisis that seemed like you can't get out of it, marked by a miracle. I believe if you'll take it serious because his reality, God is not a forcer. He never has been. He won't force you into this. Like, you better do this 21 days or else. Like, never. I don't know why God sounds like a weird guy from Kentucky. but God will never force you. He's not a forcer. He's a filler. 
If you'll make room, he'll fill every time. Over the next 21 days, you need courage, make room, he'll fill. You need joy, make room, he'll fill. You need confidence and perseverance and fight, make room, he will fill. I was on the West Coast and this uh, group of pastors sent me out with some hosts to go eat and we're out to eat and we're all hanging out at this restaurant and I'm looking around like, who's gonna pray? Because I'm, listen, I know, like I'm looking because if they ask me, I'm looking for somebody that's the hungriest. Like, she's pretty hungry. Pray. Because she's going to be like, Lord, bless it. Jesus' name. Boom. It's done. But then, you know, there's always that. Well, uh, let's say the brother Stephen. And he's like, Lord, I pray for the whole world. Mm, Father God. When you start a, a prayer with Father God at the dinner table, we're going to be here all day. We're going to take up an offering afterwards. So be smart about this. I'm giving you pearls here. Find the hungriest person. They're going to pray the fastest. Okay, moving on. But I'm at this conference and they asked us to go out to eat and they weren't blessing the food. Now, I'm not legalistic or this isn't a religious ritual. We don't do it for symbolic reasons. I just like to bless the food. God, thank you for this food. Thank you for taking sickness far from the midst of us. Thank you that everything we put our hand to prospers today. Thank you that we woke up again and we're breathing, which is proof that you're not done with us. In Jesus' name, I just like that moment. Well, nobody's praying. So I'm like, uh, is somebody going to pray? And this guy starts giggling. He's like, oh. And I'm like, what's so fun? Like, I don't fully connect with the California life. Like, even though I'm wearing, you know, skinny jeans and, but I'm like, is anybody going to pray? And he says this, like, it's a good idea. Now, if you're taking notes, this is a terrible idea. Do not do this. He said, at the beginning of every year, we actually prayed for all of our meals. <laughs> and all of our groceries. I'm like, oh, there's more. Like, <laughs> And he's like, because we don't want to waste time or be inconvenienced. Man, I could feel, man, I could feel my blood pressure rising because here's the reality. My relationship with God is not out of convenience. It's out of covenant. Come on, somebody. God longs for a relationship with us. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first. Another translation says, above all else, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. John 15.5, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, yes. I'm the vine. This is God talking to us. You're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce how much? Much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. We have to stay connected to the vine. This is where life flows from God's heart to us. But the truth is we allow busyness and we allow life. We allow the chaos and struggles and we allow fear and anxiety. And we allow the enemy to come in and rob us of our time with Jesus. So we begin to look at things in the natural how we can fix or solve our situations. But here's the reality. Our hope and our courage cannot be tied to our conditions. It has to be anchored and tied to Jesus. I remember when I was in New Mexico and we were on a worship tour and we had parked our bus at this RV bus park. And I sat down at a picnic table really early one morning and I had my guitar and I was just talking to the Lord. And there was moments where I was singing and moments where I was praying and moments where I was just listening. And I don't want to hyper-spiritualize this. Like people say God said about everything. Like I'm just really careful about saying God said, but I, without hyper-charismatically or hyper, you know, spiritualizing this thing, I felt the Lord show me of like, it was like a vision. It's the only way I can describe it. You weren't there. Like you're like, I don't know about that. I was there. (laughs) And I saw the Lord show me like a teacup and one of the little saucers, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about, like a teacup and a saucer. And then I saw a water pitcher, like, like from like the waffle house where like they always pour it and it always gets on you. You're like, as you just have no control of that pitcher. And I saw the Lord show me that every time that I spent time in his presence, he would come in and fill. 
The next day he would come and fill. The next day he would come and fill and that cup hit half and then three quarters and then it went all the way to the top and it began to overflow and it began to overflow on the sides and it began to fill up the saucer and the Lord spoke to me and said, see the overflow? And I said, yeah. Yeah, Lord, I see it. He goes, out of the overflow is where I want you living your life out of. Out of the overflow is where there's miracles in your hands. Out of the overflow is where your tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. Out of the overflow, you'll do and you'll live out your life and your purpose and you'll fulfill the call. Out of the overflow, you'll be the husband and the father and the leader and the pastor you're supposed to be. Out of the overflow. Say overflow. overflow. Out of the overflow. And then the residue that was on the cup, that was my witness. So when I walk into a room or I walk into a job or I walk into a restaurant, the whole atmosphere shifts. Not because I was blasting Christian music and people saw me walking out of fireproof. He must be a Christian. I don't have to wear a Christian t-shirt or a Christian hat that says need prayer. Ask me how. It's just the residue because when you've been with Jesus, people can tell a difference. When you've been with Jesus, when you walk into a room, people might actually walk over to you and say, hey, I'm walking through something. You seem like you would pray for me because I believe with audacious faith that there's healing in your hands. I believe over the next 21 days, God wants to unlock purpose in you. How many of y'all want to begin to step into the call and begin to step into the purpose that God's called you to walk in? Seven of you. Come on. How many of y'all want to walk in that? So I'm going to give you a few ways that I like to pray. And I believe these are some practical takeaways. Again, in the pray first guide, you can walk through all of these. I think there's seven or eight steps over the next 21 days of what you guys are going to be doing. This first one that I want to talk about is actually in the prayer guide, but over the next 21 days, I want us as a church family, number one, to pray the word of God so that you're not just gathering and just praying random prayers. Cause sometimes people are intimidated by this. They're like, well, what am I supposed to say? God wants to have a conversation with you just like this. It doesn't have to be like, dear, sweet Lord of hosts. And it doesn't have to be awkward. Like, hey, God, like, thanks for these shoes. Like, that was cool, right? <laughs> but he wants this relationship, trust, equity built with just you and him. So pray the word. This is the thing about praying his word. It is alive. Job twenty two twenty eight talks about decreeing a thing, speaking a thing, declaring a thing and how it will be established like a foundation under your feet. So when you pray the word, maybe it's in the area of finances. You're like, God, I believe that everything I put my hands to will prosper. I believe your word says in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, that you shall supply you shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. God, I'm dealing with this health situation. You said in your word in Isaiah 58, 8, that just as sure as the sun shall rise, my strength and my health shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness will go out in front of me and your glory will overtake me and have my rear guard. When you pray the word, you're releasing kingdom into the atmosphere. Say this out loud. I'm going to pray the word. Come on. The second one, and this might sound a little cheesy, but I'm telling you for me, it was one of the most impacting, depth-building relationship tools I've ever used. Carve out time to take a prayer walk. Now, some of you are like, what's that mean? This is not gathering with 25 people. For me, I would get up super early. My wife and I were walking through a storm with her health. We were based out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I would get up every morning at 445, 5 o'clock. Some of you are like, the Lord is not awake. Lord, <laughs> Lord is not awake at 445. Now, y'all are in Houston, so you may have to get up at 3.30 to beat the heat. Come on. Wake up. Put some deodorant behind your knees. That's good right there. Right there. But I would get up really early, and I would walk around my neighborhood. Now, listen, you don't have to walk, but find 
a place in your house. Find a place where you can just get alone with God. Sometimes I would talk. Sometimes I wouldn't say anything. Sometimes I would yell and shout, God, why? Why are we walking through this? And over a 43-day period, there was tests and tumor talks and cancer talks. And you're going to be walking through this. And I remember getting to the specialist on the 43rd day, man. I remember standing in the office where they had been telling us that you're going to deal with this and you're going to deal with this cancer and you're going to deal with these tumors. And I felt a depth in my relationship with God because I had developed a pattern in my life where I just hung out with him. There's an oil in a duck's feather. There's an old adage that says, roll off you like a water off a duck's back. Has anybody ever heard that? That's country. Though. That's a country term. But the reality is there's an oil in the feather of a duck that when it begins to rain, it beads up and rolls off. When you have depth in your relationship with God, when storms in life come, it's almost like the enemy is like, I'm going to attack her with this. And you're like, I got, I got God repellent. <laughs> And I'm going to attack him with this. You know what? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm above and not beneath. James 4, 7 says, I have the authority to resist you, devil, and you have to flee. Come on, y'all. I'm coming at you like taking on hell with a water pistol. Are y'all with me this morning? Come on, shout, do something. Now, listen. On the 43rd day, the doctor looked at my wife and said, I'm not sure what happened 40. Well, he didn't know the days, but he said, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened yesterday and back. When they say something strange is happening, that's when you shout. That's when you take off running. You're like, give me a moment. I'm about to run. He said, I'm not sure what happened yesterday back, but what I can tell you today is there's no tumor. Come on. There's no tumors. There's no cancer. And you have a clean report. You can go. We walked out like this. We walked out like... But I'm telling you, there was a depth that started in my relationship with God at an even greater place when I began to carve out that time. Some of y'all are like, well, give me a verse that says I need to get up that early. I'm glad you asked. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, and they emphasize this very early. Not just early, very early in the morning while it was still dark. Get your flesh out of the way. Jesus got up, left the house went off to a solitary place where he prayed. If Jesus can do it, bless God, you can do it. Come on, give the Lord another praise break, shout, do something. This is another one that I think is huge. Journal your prayers. Write out your petitions to God. Begin to write out, I believe this, over the next 21 days, this whole marked by miracles moment. Journal your prayers, write it out. Because this is the amazing thing. You're gonna get to the end of this 21 days and be able to look back and say, God showed up here and God showed up here because the enemy's going to try to get in your head and say, you're not going to get through this. You're not going to make it through this. This thing's going to kill you. This thing's going to sink it. You're, you're going to lose everything right here. This thing right here is going to derail you. And you can say, hey, devil, that's interesting because uh, God showed up here. Oh, and God showed up here. You want to look? And God showed up here. And God showed up here because if God did it before, I know that he can do it again. So when you journal your prayers, it puts you in a posture of gratitude, but you can also see what you've been believing for. I have a question for you. Will you believe it before you see it? Will you believe it before you see it? Because that whole 43 days, man, every test kept coming back negative and negative and negative. But we begin to believe with audacious faith before we saw it. My little boy came up to me. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and he asked me something. He said, Dad, can you uh, do, and he, he began to talk to me about a situation. And before he even finished it, I said, hey, I'll take care of it. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. And he said, you will? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you promise? And I said, I gave you my word as your dad. And then we have like a handshake, so we're like, blah, blah, hey, 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 ah, like this whole thing. 
he walked out. He's like, cool. And I said, I'll take care of it. It's done. So three hours later, his sister, who's seven, came in the room. And she's like, hey, dad, what's up? And we have a little handshake, too. And I'm like, what's up? She said, hey, Brecken told me that he had, he had, talk, he had talked to you. And I said, yeah. Well, have you taken care of it yet? I said, you sent a spy in the camp. And I said, Brecken, come here. I said, what did I tell you? He said, you, you, you said you would do it. I was just checking back in. I said, okay. Well, I gave you my word. So the next morning, we're in the kitchen. I'm getting breakfast ready for him. And he's in there like acting like he's cleaning. He's nine. Just, I'm like, you're not cleaning? He's like, I'm just over here cleaning. I'm like, no, you're not. And I said, what's up? And he goes, uh, have you, have you, uh, you, you remember what I talked to you about yesterday? And, and my flesh wanted to be like, son, I'm your father. I gave you my word. And as I was about to just step into that, I heard the Lord say, you do this to me all the time. And I was like, not me. Jackie, maybe, but not me. Now I heard the Lord say, you do this to me all the time. You cast your cares on me. You tell me, Lord, I need you to take care of this. I'll give you my promise and say, I'll do it. My promises are yes and amen. But you constantly come back and ask me again. This is what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Can we get that thrown up on the screen? First Peter five, seven, casting the whole of your care. Read this again. The amplified, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. Cause he cares for you affectionately cares about you watchfully. This is going to unlock something in somebody over the next 21 days. We're going to agree together that we're going to stop monitoring things we've already placed in God's hands. We're going to stop monitoring things. When we cast it on you, all of our cares, we're going to leave it there. You know, in our humanness, in our analytical thinking, in our humanity, sometimes we go back and say, yeah, do you remember me? Like, I haven't gave money in the offering. Like, do you remember? Like, is my past so bad that you don't hear me? Because the reality is sometimes we feel like because it's delayed, we think it's denied. But sometimes there's a process in the preparation. There's a process of patience. There's a process of trust, equity, and growth that we go through. But I'm telling you, if you will take this serious over the next 21 days, God is going to answer prayers. Come on, somebody, if you believe it, shout again. I'm telling you. And we have confidence. There's a sonship. As daughters and sons, we have a posture where it says in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I love what Pastor Chris Hodges says out of Highlands in Birmingham. He says, God answers prayers based on who he is, not who you are. I want to talk really quickly. I asked the question a moment ago, will you believe it before you see it? I want to talk really quickly about three different types of faith. The first one I want to talk about is there's a natural kind of faith. There's a natural kind of faith. And my boy Shata, like a dark chocolate G.I. Joe doll. What can I? You, can, you don't have to walk so slow. Shada. You don't have to walk so slow. I had him bring a chair out because in the natural, my natural faith says I can sit on that chair and it won't collapse. That whoever welded it, whoever designed it, that when I put my weight on it, my natural faith says it's going to be okay. A farmer will plant seeds in the ground and bury them deep and water will come and sun will come and there's a seed and some time. And in the natural, he's putting his faith that everything is going to work out for a 
harvest. So that's natural faith. And then there's a saving faith. If you've given your life to Jesus, you know that the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, that for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's a gift from God. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service that if you don't know Jesus today, you can be saved through faith. But lastly, over the next 21 days, we're talking about supernatural faith. We're talking about mountain moving faith. We're talking about marked by miracles sort of faith. We're talking about faith that extends beyond exceedingly and abundantly beyond our natural faith that we can pray and believe that the name of Jesus is bigger than the name of cancer. That we can pray and believe that the name of Jesus is bigger than diabetes and congestive heart failure and that the name of Jesus is bigger than depression and insecurity and anxiety and the name of Jesus is bigger than generational curses and struggles and addictions that over the next 21 days we can truly walk in a life marked by miracles. We put our faith, our trust on God's character, his abilities, not ours. Because the truth is prayer is the arena where our faith meets God's abilities. But here's the reality. Your faith can never rise above your renewed mind. You'll hit a lid every time. Your faith can never rise above your renewed mind. That's why it's so important to apply the word. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. One translation says, become partners with or be comfortable with the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test, approve, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the place where the supernatural begins to be released. Where we step out of the natural and we allow God to kick in in the super. And then we have this collision course moment where the super invades the natural and the supernatural is released in our lives. Do you believe that? Come on, will you stand to your feet this morning? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Over the next 21 days, make a commitment. Make a commitment every day that you're going to get up and spend time in the presence of God. And listen, if it dings, pings, bings, turn it off. Because reality is like you'll be praying and all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know how it happened. I just was on Facebook. <laughs> Scrolling through Instagram. Not sure how that happened. It's like my thumb went there. It dings, pings, bings, turn it off over the next 21 days when you're in the presence of God and disconnect. Some of y'all are being, have been consumed by Facebook when you need to get your face in the book. Get your face in the word. Spend time in his presence. And I'm telling you, he's about to unlock miracles and breakthroughs in your life. Will you lift your hands towards heaven? Father, this is my prayer. That as we today begin to posture ourselves in a position of expectation, the reality is we did not come as spectators today. We came positioning ourselves in a posture of expectation because we know that that's the breeding ground for miracles. God, my prayer is that each and every one of us would walk out today with a confidence that you are big enough and strong enough. God, I thank you today that miracles will begin to break out in families. Miracles will begin to break out in relationships. Miracles will begin to break out that where there's been prescription drug abuse and struggles and issues, miracles would begin to break out. God, I pray that as we take this thing serious over the next 21 days, that we would truly be marked by miracles. You said if we're going to brag, to brag and boast on you. Let this be a moment in the history of Hope City, in the history of this moment, God, with each and every one of us as individuals, as the church. God, let this be a moment where we can brag and boast on 10 years from now. Would you do me a favor? Would you link arms with the person next to you? I love this moment. 
Because if you look around, this is a church that looks like heaven, white and black and Hispanic and Haitian and African and Indian and link arms, link arms, link arms. Don't hold hands, link arms. Why do you want me to link arms? We were talking in the back. Pastor Richie and I were talking in the back. There's a tree system, a root system with live oaks. And they talked about how Hurricane Katrina, there was trees that survived the chaos of the hurricane. And it's because the root system was so deep and they interconnected underneath. Over the next 21 days, I want you to look at the person next to you. We're connected. Begin to sway with me. We're connected. Where you go, I go. When the paraplegic was laying on the mat and he had no hope and he had no option, these four guys came along and grabbed each, grabbed a corner of the mat and they busted through the roof where Jesus was doing the Bible study. And they lowered him in where Jesus was and Jesus said, it's the faith of your friends. Listen, if you feel weak over the next 21 days, look at the person next to you and say, I got you. And as a church, we're unifying together. As a church, our root system is deep. As a church, we're doing this together. We're going to see miracles. I'm telling you, how many of y'all want to see miracles? With your arms linked, begin to shout. Come on. How many of y'all want to see miracles? I want to see it. So, Father, this is our prayer. That as we link arms in this symbolic moment, God, we pray that miracles begin to break out. There's healing beginning to break out in this root system all throughout this room, all throughout Katy, all throughout Cyprus, all throughout the overflow. And right now, God, we connect with your heart and we commit over the next 21 days to lock in, to really be the church so we can grow as the men and women of God that we're called to be. Now, come on, lift your hands in praise. Lift your hands in worship. Lift your hands as a sign of surrender and adoration. Come on. There's a melody we've been singing. It says... There's a breaking in my favor. There's a shifting in my direction. I want to teach it to you in closing as we sing. It says, there's a breaking. I love this. This is an anthem. It says, in my favor. I believe over the next 21 days. Listen, there's a shifting. There's a shifting in my direction. In my